Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. want to wish everybody happy Mardi Gras, Bon Carnavale. The party begins, guys. Ready for Mardi Gras today? We're recording on that day. Fat Tuesday, baby. Catch some beads. That's right. We wish everyone having fun down in New Orleans. Well, wish we were there. I've only, never been. Only red and yellow beads. Uh, oh, dude, New Orleans off the chain, man. It's uh, The uh, music never stops, the party never stops, and the drinking never stops. It's just even Even the high school kids are cool. You got max three days there before you just your body just shuts down. It's it's, it's similar to Vegas, but I would say it stinks a little bit more. <laughs> well, it's still on my list despite that. Also, Carnivale made me think of Venice there for the canals stinking a little bit. But uh, imagine they're having fun up there in Venice as well. It's also a party going on on the other side of the world, guys. It's Olympics week. Did you watch opening ceremonies and watching all the games so far? Did see that, and uh, I don't know. It was interesting to see the Korean. Uh, you know, delegation come out combined. I don't know what would happen if uh, Roma and OTFR, you know, one day just came out with one jersey. What would you do? How would you feel about that? I would say that a nuclear missile should probably hit somewhere at that point. Uh, yeah, should, Hawaii gets gets annihilated. No, no false alarm this time. Not hoping for that, but I do uh, get the point, man. This is a big deal for them coming together. I always keep thinking of like the guys who have missed a spot on one of their respective rosters. Like, hey, man, we're sorry. We're going to try peace this time, so you can't be on the hockey team. That's got to be rough. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if. if- if you like, if you said that you know, lasting peace between North and South Korea meant that I had to trade that Roma and OTFR would be the same team, you know what? I, I just have to say, this is the world we live in, and we're just gonna have to live with boundaries. <laughs> just keep that demilitarized yeah, zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that would uh, that'd be tough. But give peace a chance. We're excited to see Korea in the uh, Olympics over there. Should be a good time. Love to see uh, the USA and Italia winning medals. Who's, that's great to see. Who's that one guy that that's like a snowboarder for the United States that used to be like twelve and now he's like forty three and he got his face all messed up? <laughs> the the flying um, Sean 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 White Sean White you know, yes. Sean one, Sean one of those colors yeah so I'm obviously following him with you know with with, with grip detention that's Not, that's who I'm that's that's my uh, uh, winter winter Olympics uh, follow I would get into. Uh, uh, the, the no, I would get into the to the hockey, but uh, no pros, man. Yeah, all amateurs. Yeah, that's so. right. So then CLA, their season gets messed up. Not to burst your bubble there, Tad, but uh, Sean White, thirty one. He's <laughs> thirty one. Doesn't make you feel old or anything, oh does it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I think I was seeing commercials of him in you know in, in high school or college or yeah, something. Man. He had a really funny one where he was in a hot tub with all his gold medals around his neck, <laughs> talking ish. Um, but yeah, yeah, thir- only thirty one. Okay. Yep, Olympics are fun. Uh, still got a shot, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. You, you still got some years. That's true. Let's keep doing this global trend, guys. We're gonna go back over to Europe now. Champions League started again today. We saw Juve playing Tottenham, so Italy is in the mix today. But uh, what have you seen so far? Excited for it to be back. Well, it feels like the last time we were watching Champions League soccer, Sean White was like 21 years old. So I'm happy for it to be back. Definitely missed it. I saw a funny 
video on Instagram of a baby crying and then the parent throws on the Champions League song and the baby stops crying. That's kind of how I felt last night (laughs) as I was thinking of my big meeting today. And then I heard the Champions League song in uh, one of the soccer shows I was watching. I was like, ah, I have Champions League highlights to watch tomorrow. Yeah, you sang it in our conference call last night and it about blew my eardrums out. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm really holding on to this Champions League because there's actually teams that I care about in it, and once World Cup rolls around, I'm gonna like be like, I guess Brazil, I, I, I guess the Netherlands. You know, I hope Messi if he wins one. Iceland, man. So yes, that's that's gonna work out there. Um, no, but the fact that Roma's still in there, and the fact that I'm also a Liverpool supporter, they're playing. And do you guys see Richard uh, Firmino coming out talking mad trash about how uh, how bad they're gonna beat down Porto? Like, I mean, that's like we need more of that in the sports. A Usually, swagger. these real, really curated stuff. And the guy with like the biggest dingus haircut on the team, which is saying a lot in England, comes out and he's like, "Dude, we're gonna trash these fools." And I'm like, "Heck yeah, man! This there should be a little bit more like professional at wrestling aspect put <laughs> into this thing. Like, like, like I want I want guys like Jason Kelsey." Uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles parade out there like, we will bear you. You know, Ryan Johnson can't stay off the juice. Like, Mohamed Salah will, you know, eat your children. Yeah, no, I'd love to say the swagger. I like that stuff. I think it's hilarious that you called him Richard Firmino because you were mixing Richard Firmino from yeah. Roma Club with Roberto Firmino. Roberto Firmino. But Rich Firmino, Dick Firmino, man. Yeah. What's that, Chris? We're off the rails already? No, All right. no, it's the banter section. That's <laughs> allowed. Keep it light. This We are... All over the place on this so, one. So, so guys, big prediction. Euro- Europa League Italian teams, Champions League Italian teams. Obviously, we got to throw Juventus out, out, out the window here. But what's, what's, what's your big, what's your hot take? What's your, what's your gas bagging? Here's my hot take. Under is going to lead Roma through to the quarterfinals. No, that's just crazy. But uh, where I do see uh, the Italian League really making a big dent in Europe this year um, you know, aside from really Juventus, they just need to get through Tottenham next week. I mean, it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be a tough one. Uh, not next week. When are they gonna play again? Oh, for God's sake, Marco! Just get to your hot take. My hot take is Milan is gonna win. Oh, Europa USOB! League. They're gonna win Europa League. USOB! You were looking in my all show of a notes. sudden. They're gonna get into Champions League, and it's gonna be a okay, all because of Gattuso. That's it. Well, he took mine, so all right. I'm going to say, yes, Juve and Roma. It would be interesting if they both advance out of this stage. But for everyone else in Europa, hey, guys, I can't pronounce their names. I, I hope I don't sound like a snobby American there, but all their competition, I can't say that. How, I don't know how to pronounce them. So I feel like Italy's going to do well down in Against Europa. the teams that you that you can't pronounce the names. Because Le- Leipzig right. and, and uh, Borussia Dortmund, they're going to – I mean, Napoli is going to trot out there with the youth team. And, uh, I mean – Atalanta, you know what? That's what I'm gonna take it. Atalanta is gonna bounce out Borussia Dortmund, and we're gonna, we're gonna see them march on, and it's gonna be the uh, catalyst to them making a run at the Champions League. Woo! Yeah, there we go. How <laughs> how how hot was that hot take? Scorching. And and Pulisic uh, sees how great Syria is and decides to transfer down to us to Roma. To yeah, Roma. did you see his price tags like over a hundred million yeah, now? I saw Jesus that. Christ, Yep, so Marco, fill us in. What are the teams uh, playing this week uh, for Europa and Champions League? All right, here we go. Borussia Dortmund, Atalanta. This is Thursday with the Europa League. 
All right, this is the tough one. Ludo, Gre Ludo Goretz, Razgrad versus AC Milan. Uh, I think Milan is the favorite there. Uh, and then uh, Napoli's playing Red Bull Leipzig and uh, OTFR's playing uh, Steel Bucharesti. So none of the games seem, you know, like just walk in the parks. I, I do think that Milan is going to be the biggest favorite uh, out of those. And then obviously Napoli, if they put out a B-plus team out there. They're going to beat Leipzig? No, nah, I don't know about that. You mean Red Bull New York's yeah. backup team? No, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, the German Bogarts, is that what <laughs> They had a on? season last year. And yeah. Then, you know, yeah, they got Navi Chieta. They're, they're, they're a sick squad. Um, yeah, so you guys catch that Juventus-Tottenham thing? Other than, I, I did it like the millennial way. I followed it and like pushed notifications on my phone because I have a job. Yeah, yeah, no, that's how I was following it. It seemed to be wild on Twitter. I was excited <laughs> if I had didn't have the day job, I'd have watched it, but... Uh, We'll get into that in the Juventus section a little bit. Uh, hey, they got the draw for Tottenham, but um, some interesting quotes come out of Juve too. So looking forward to that part of uh, this this podcast. Final thing we got to talk about, guys. There's been some efforts to make changes or keep the status quo, depending on how you look at it. First up, we're going to do with U.S. Soccer Federation. We elected a new president, President Cordero. In a process that even makes the U.S. Congress look honorable, our newly elected president, uh, who's gonna this new guy who's gonna lead us to World Cup glory in the next World Cup, since we missed this one, he's a former Sunil Galati lieutenant. So I would have to say, guys, that money talks, water is wet, and it feels like the winds of change feel more like a summer breeze than a hurricane force. All this after missing a World Cup, uh, not very positive from what I can gather. Yeah, it's the needle has moved, but it's only to play this the uh, second verse of the same song. Yep, unfortunate to see. Uh, you know, you got to give him a chance. I recognize that, but just the way this all went down, it doesn't feel like change happened. And to couple with that, just so we don't feel so lonely out there, Italy, the storied country of soccer that we know and love, the wait continues for them, but pretty confident the money's going to talk there, too. The front-leading candidates, courtesy here of Calcio Finanza article. The first one, Damiano Tomasi, 43-year-old former soccer player who played the bulk of his career with Roma. So he's our, our, our front-runner there. Just an honest guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's running the uh, Italian Soccer Footballers Association, so what I presume is going to be the labor union over there for soccer players. You're going to have Toti and De Rossi in the in the 2022 World Cup if he gets if he gets moved in there. Wouldn't so. yeah some. some Tomasi. There you go. The other guys, Gabriele Gravina, is a 64 year old who's held a couple managerial positions with different clubs, but he's currently running Serie C, Italy's third division. Yeah, if you like alliterations, that's your guy. Yeah, <laughs> There you go, Forza Reggiana, that's right. And then finally, we got Cosimo Sibiglia, the president of Liga Nazionale Dilettante, the National Amateur League. So He sounds like a Gamora character. Yeah. They're, uh, they're all uh, clearly pretty invested already in soccer, the business of soccer in uh, Italy. So right or wrong, it, it does seem like they're going to go the same way. We will see. We'll keep following that. But money talks, nothing changes, water is wet, guys. With that said, let's jump to the Syria in week 24 with the rundown. Let's let's make this rundown super optimistic though, Chris, after that after that deflation <laughs> Please. Right there. Yes, I know. 
I will try here. So for week 24, a week where the Serie A saw the nobodies and the about-to-be-somebody score all the goals. OTFR learned that Napoli play a brand of soccer they can't compete with, while Juve dispatched Fiorentina but can't decide who is more important to their team. Fatboy G, Iguain or VAR? Good one, Tad. <laughs> Inter take a cheat day on drawing matches and feast on Bologna, also known as Team Meat Sauce. Roma have never been happier to see Benevento come to town, while Sampdoria keep pace within striking distance of the Champions League by downing fair Verona. Gattuso has Milan thinking about shopping for promise rings, and coach Dustin Baldwin remains unbeaten in his Torino debut and jumps Udinese as the hottest mid-table team. All right, guys, we want to remind everybody we are on social media, actively using it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find this terrible podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, ASRoma360.com, CurveAmerica.com. Tad, once they find us, what would we like them to do? Well, I'm going to check a little update here since our listenership has been skyrocketing as of late um, to see if, uh, yeah, yep, got a couple more five-star reviews. So when you're out there, guys, if you have the means, subscribe to the podcast. Please rate the podcast as highly as possible and uh, go ahead and leave a nice little comment for us. That's how we get found. And have a nice day. And (laughs) just have a great day. (laughs) You guys, well said. Well said. We don't have a shameless beer plug this week, but we are going to thank the coffee gods for Nespresso. So if George Clooney's listening, I'm sure he's a podcast paisano. Definitely uh, Danny DeVito is as a Jersey guy. We appreciate the product. We appreciate the commercials. So... Hope everybody can sit back, relax, enjoy, and off we go to week 24's top five. Up first, still, Napoli taking on OTFR. This one finished 4-1. OTFR starts hot out of the gates, but Napoli take it to them like true Serie A contenders. Marco, go ahead. Three minutes in, and DeVry, there's been a lot of, of news on him uh, in the last couple weeks, especially with the transfer window. This guy is one of the hottest transfer topics of Serie A. And this this week, rocking the uh, Spall imposter jerseys, OTFR coming <laughs> yes, out three they were. minutes into the game. And you're like, all right, OTFR, this is the one that we've seen all year. Uh, you know they're 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 ready to stick it to Napoli at Napoli at the San Paolo, uh, but then Napoli remembers eh, we're going for the title this season and no one other than Juventus is worthy of us and so they just bury them four goals. You know after that dry goal, it's really just one way traffic, all the possession, all the shots, and I'm looking at the stats here, guys, uh, from Forza app, and my favorite one is 23 to 14 throw-ins. Napoli, just more throw-ins. Throw-ins. Just yeah. A key indicator of yeah. the fact that Napoli is just they absolutely They're, they're playing them. the small ball, man. They're, I love the statistics, but I've never seen a throw-in as a key indicator. I don't know why indicator. that's there. I don't know why that's there, but it's there. It's in the margins, man. And yeah. there's yeah, you've been saying there's a lot of news about DeVry uh, coming out, um, but there's one thing that's always stayed the same with DeVry. He's serious about success. That oh, yeah. never gets old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So just three takeaways from this game. First of all, Napoli, bona fide title contenders. Not that we had any doubts before this game, but hey, they've been playing some smaller teams, and this week, 
you know, they just get the job done. They dispatch of OTFR, who, despite the loss and a couple's games, have really been this season's revelation. So, you know, hats off to Napoli once again. Yeah, I mean, once Napoli was limping into the break and kind of limped out of it, and, you know, they didn't really add anything in the transfer window. The narrative is always, are they going to run out of gas? When is going to be the week? And then OTFR, I mean, OTFR, as we'll get into, but, like, they've lost two in a row think that, well, you know, they're a super dangerous team. They, they should be able to come out and give Napoli all they want, and they just get the just the brakes beaten off of them. I like how uh, this does feel like a statement win. Uh, Tad, you're right, that they've kind of limped in into the transfer market and out of it, but this uh, felt like the old Napoli that started did, the season. Did you see that Drace Mertens goal? Mm. Yeah. The Drace Mertens goal that developed, like, in their, in their own third, and they just played tiki-taka up and down, long ball, tiki-taka, long ball, and just leaves Drace Mertens alone in front of the goal. Flashes up the 3-1, the 3-1 gang sign for uh, for Gollum. Uh, shown, shown love to the team. So, I mean, when you see that and you're OTFR, it's like, you know, remember the 2006 World Cup when Brazil was supposed to be like the greatest World Cup team and Nike did that commercial where they're passing the ball around and doing all that amazing stuff. And I would look at that and I'd be like, other teams must be watching that and being like, we can't do that, man. Hmm. I would imagine the other Syria teams looked at that Drace Mertens goal and were just like, holy, you know, holy ish. Yeah. yeah. These guys, these guys are just on fire. So this game just again, reaffirms the fact that Napoli, bona fide title contenders. And, you know, when you look at OTFR losing here, the gap increasing once again, you know, the real battle is for that third and fourth spot in Champions League. But this is just a two-horse race, and we've been saying it. I think this seals it. I mean, with Napoli, even Mario Rui gets on. <laughs> and does he, is, does he get the goal? I'm looking... I think he gets the goal, uh, but yeah, even though it goal. deflected off of Zielinski, um he got he's got confused. It was the wrong Roma team that he right. was supposed to be scoring on. But similar to Juventus, you know, when you have players that come in off the bench and and get the job done for you, uh, it just goes to show that your team mentality is championship. And uh, I'm just a little concerned, guys. If they don't win the championship, this team is done. I mean. Because they've thrown all other goals out the window, I know they're still in Europa League, but you know if they don't get this championship, I just I'm I'm fearing a total dismantling of this squad after this season, and who knows where Napoli will be. So they really they really need to focus on on taking this thing to the finish line. Always a possibility for them, but I did like how uh, sorry when asked about uh, the Juve game, his biggest contender for the title. Uh, Juve played on Friday. This game was on Saturday. Saturday, and uh, uh, people were asking uh, him, "Did did you watch the Juve Fiorentina game?" And Sari, as a former banker, goes on and says, "No, nah, I was reading this fascinating debate about Bitcoin." So clearly, cool, calm, and collected. Keep, uh, keeping it, keeping it as loose as a tracksuit, baby. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Not too worried about Juve. For OTFR, it's time for reflection. In the words of Simone Inzaghi. I think he was talking about that second half disaster, but also the last four games, including Coppa Italia, just one point, guys. So OTFR, the question is for the group here, do you go for it all in Europa uh, or, do, or do you bank it on a Champions League qualification in the league? I'll ask this question again from Milan later on down the podcast. But again, 
you know, I think obviously the goal is Champions League. So how do you do it? Are the, you know, are you strong enough to compete in Europe or are you just focusing on Champions League qualification in the league? Well, I think that they're capable of going far in Europa and qualifying for the Champions League. They've had a run of uh, bad form uh, a little bit now, but this is a team that will rebound probably just in time for them to wax Rome out in the Derby when we're there. Um, but, I mean, if, if it's an either-or question, you, you they got to go Champions League. I mean, realistically, are they going to win the Europa League? Probably not. They're good enough, but they just don't have the pedigree of winning tournaments like that as of late. So I think you had to go all in for uh, for the Champions League. But you know, my my biggest concern about this is is like, yeah, you know, as I say two breaths ago, that I think that they'll turn it around. But that's just that's just the Roma fan in me. But the one thing I've seen throughout the entire season is these guys just don't handle losing very well. <laughs> I mean, this after after uh, last week's game, all these things come out that. And after loss, that Felipe Anderson and Simone and Zaghi are at each other's throat, and Zaghi saying, "You'll never play for us again." Like, whoa! Yeah. How about a little professionalism here? Apparently, he was that fired up, telling it to I would say Felipe Anderson, their best player over the last three seasons. I mean, yes, individually, like Kieta Balda and Shiri Mobile, and you know Milinkovic Savage has played, but I mean, he's he's been incredible for them. To have that going, and you know, you see the the other times they hit on, you know, hit hit the skids and and you know, losing streaks. It's far. It's always just a friggin' tragedy. Yeah. So I think they, you know, like they gotta they gotta figure out how to lose like Juventus. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think they're cracking, man, and and depth is continually a factor with this. I saw the Felipe Anderson story. But I think the bigger story for OTFR this season is VAR and just how much Inzaghi hates it and hates technology. I saw in the Olympics that uh, there's apparently a like a robot Olympics happening just outside of the actual Olympics. And I just made me think of how like Inzaghi would be screaming at these robots saying, this isn't this isn't sport. This isn't VAR. I could totally see him just freaking out about that. That has been his uh, biggest nemesis this season. To your to your question, Ted, I would say you got to go for Champions League. There's a higher percentage of you actually doing that, and the money matters. You got to get that Champions Don't League give spot. Ted credit for that wonderful question. That was my question. <laughs> His well, you answer. Stole, you stole my Europa League pick, <laughs> fool. All right, guys. Well, there you go. Napoli staying on top with a defiant uh, win here with a four-one. Let's go to their biggest competition for the Scudetto: Juventus and Fiorentina. This one finished two nothing. With, Inzaghi's favorite, more VAR controversy. I got to point to the rivalry uh, write-up that Adam Digby did for the Sportsman guys. It's really great. I definitely recommend you Googling the Sportsman and checking out uh, kind of the parallels that he did here. But Fiorentina, probably not seen by many outside of Italy as a rival with Juventus. Um, but they've never forgiven their team owners back in the 80s and 90s of selling key players such as Roberto Baggio to Juventus. Yes, that Roberto Baggio, the, ton- the ponytail-wearing icon from the 80s and 90s. My first memory of the Azuri in World Cup 94 when they missed that PK over the crossbar and Brazil wins here in the U.S., that Roberto Baggio. He felt crushed after he got sale- sold from his beloved Fiorentina, even refusing to take a PK against them wore a viola scarf after the game as a Juve player back in Stadio Franchi. I mean, it really ran deep for him. 
And then Adam Digby in this write-up compares that to Bernadeschi, who got sold this summer in what seemed like a fire sale. But Bernadeschi was another local kid who was given the number 10, just like Roberto Baggio. And he didn't have he had a pretty good season last year, not so much with Juve this season. And of course, who scores the first goal in this game is Bernadeschi against his old team in their home stadium. Now, guys, he did celebrate this one afterwards, and uh, that kind of begs the question here. I mean, he was celebrating, and he felt after uh, the game when he was asked about it, he felt that he's entitled to celebrate as a player to respect his own fans. Talking about Juve fans there. I'll always thank the club Fiorentina because they let me grow and mature. So if I've arrived at Juve, it's all thanks to them. I'll never lack gratitude towards the club, but as a professional... I must follow the ideas and show respect towards my own fans. What do you guys think of this? Is this the uh, spring training bat flip against your old baseball club type arrogance that just thanks for nothing, it's all relative, and now I get to cheer on whoever I'm scoring for? You know, as Roma fans, I think loyalty is a big one for us. We may, we may uh, you know, cherish loyalty more than Donald Trump. Uh, and we... we <laughs> We've used, we're just so used to having homegrown players like Florenzi, De Rossi, and Totti, you know, just just make sacrifices in their career for a team in a city. Uh, and when I see things like this, uh, really just Bernadeschi acting ungrateful. You got players who aren't from Florence uh, that that show respect after they score against their their old team. Um, I believe Kalinic didn't, didn't he score against them, and you know he showed respect. So. You know, maybe in the moment he's exuberant, he celebrates, but at least post-match, you know, maybe he just maybe apologizes. I don't know. It's It just seems like he needs to pay his respects to the team that, that got him to where he's at. Well, going on Chris' point, I mean, you know, you have the one extreme of Roberto Baggio wearing the, you know, the Fiorentina scarf after the game. Basically, I don't know, anything a purple scarf to detract away from that haircut. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I mean, if, if Bernadeschi would have done that, do you think that it would have been lauded in the press as, you know, his, you know, I, I think that would be, I don't know, in Italy it's different. Like, you know, it's, it, 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 here I'd be like, it's a little disrespectful that like, you know, it's, it's my little, my little cousin team. But let's go, let's go back to, to Bernadeschi here. You know, it's, it's, it's so hard to say because, uh, uh, you know, there's an old adage in sports, like, if you don't want your adversary to celebrate on you, don't give him any reason to. But at the same time, Bernadeschi's got to be a little bit more aware on this. He can't, you know, use a Donald Trump analogy. He can't score and then have the military parade, you know, going on down down the main street of Florence or going up over uh, Ponte Vecchio. So it's it's just a little, it's a little uh, uh, unaware of him. Um, to, uh, to, to he, he should be known going to that game like okay my goal is to score if I score I'm not going to celebrate um, especially the 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 bad run of form that that Fiorentina has had lately with their fans walking out and stuff like that they, he doesn't need to be throwing you know the the Sally and the open wound there yep uh, well the the goal did matter the other big factor in this game was VAR and Iguain scored to put to get the put away goal in this one but well before that in the first half. You got VAR changing the potential momentum of this game with Federico Chiesa sending the ball into the box and it clearly hit Chiellini's arm. Guys, VAR gets consulted and the result of checking whether it was in fact a handball 
Instead, VAR decides Fiorentina had a man offsides on the play, negating the need to decide whether a handball even occurred, which means we're not going to have a penalty shot here. So the conspiracy Serie A fans are definitely going to be all over this one, especially since it's Juve. Worse than not releasing committee memos in Congress. So there's a DC theme to this game. What do you guys think of that? Uh, should VAR be used in that sense? You know, the, the funny thing is, is one of the big growing pains, or I guess like uh, field tests that we're going to do for VAR is the Italian league, where emotions run very high, <laughs> yeah, right. and everyone has an opinion that they think is 100% without repute. So, I mean, uh, who knows? And I think that, you know, it's kind of like Chris Collinsworth in the Super Bowl. He doesn't know the... You know, he doesn't know the replay what, rules. What is a catch and all yeah, that? Yeah, so all yeah. these guys, all these refs out here, are like I, did blah, uh, but you know, just this one kind of makes me think with Juventus benefiting from VAR once again. What's sorry, the debate he was probably looking at over Bitcoin is if VAR accepts Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, right. he, how 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 he's tracking the, the the cryptocurrency transactions to Italian referees. You had some coach reaction, too. Uh, the purple pullover wearing Pioli, pretty irritated, as you'd expect, saying it did take a lifetime to make a decision here, and they were right. They, the ball was sitting on the PK line for like three minutes, I read, and still no decision. Got to get it right, man. If you're yeah. going to do it, you got to get it right. But see, the, they, they called something else into this play, which makes it interesting, I think. To that point, Allegri completely punts on it, saying, yeah, it took a long time, but video creates more scrutiny, and... We're glad that it wasn't awarded. So I have no comment. I'm just happy with the result. All right. So that's how it ended. I feel for Fiorentina because every time, every time there's a story. Let's go to the table, guys, and Champions League today. So with this win, Juve still just one point behind Napoli for the Scudetto. They played Tottenham today for Champions League. Allegri saying people have lost objectivity. You can't play in the final every single year. Tad, you put that in. What did you take on that? Well, so Juve blow a two-goal lead here, um, and then they miss a PK. Um, and it was a wild game, um, for, you know, from, from the highlights I saw, and that, you know, Juve could have won this game 3-1. You know, they were up 2-0. Um, and I think that, you know, this was this – they played at play the Allianz, right? I mean, this yeah. has got to be their poorest home performance, uh, one of the poorest home performances they put out in a while against Tottenham. Now they have a real uphill battle going back there. I think that, like, you know, he got hammered in the post game, and uh, uh, not like he drank too much grappa, like, the, the, he got grilled by the the, uh, the reporters, and he's just like, look, man, you can't win, it. you can't go every year, which to me is a, a pretty interesting thing to say I by the coach. I don't hear that from Juve. So speaking of punting, yeah, you know, right. I mean, like, you would expect him to come, I'd be like, oh, no, we're going to we're gonna turn this around and wax these guys out. But you know Tottenham's really good, and you know it's going to be it's going to be a tough thing. So it's it's interesting to see a coach basically concede that, you know, hey, I've been to two out of the last three. Isn't that good enough? Yeah, hey, right. You know, you can't play in every final every year, even though we built our entire team for this single goal, <laughs> yeah. and we've won the league the last six years. It doesn't really matter that much to us. Not to mention your business model. Yeah. So who knows, man? I I. I really think that Juventus is built for this thing. So they're going to need a, a big result in Tottenham. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they can do it. Yep. Well, we'll see. Always interesting with uh, Juve. Fiorentina, meanwhile, in 11th place with 31 points. So strongly in the middle, but nevertheless a middle of the tier team. Rolling on, guys. Our beloved Roma taking on Benevento. This one finished 5 2. I'm going to say that again. Five goals from Roma in this one. 
Ilupi remind all of us that they are capable of waxing the worst team in the league. After a sluggish first half, Roma come from behind with a huge second half, and for the first time in 11 games, Roma scored more than one goal. Guys, it must be Mardi Gras because we're celebrating. Yeah, the difference maker in this one is uh, a player who's kind of a bust in the first half of the season. And you know, everyone's talking, oh, we should have loaned him, we should have loaned him. And now this guy's snagging nicknames left and right. Jengis <laughs> uh, Under, uh, Captain Underpants, the Undertaker. Uh, I think you need to get a couple more plays in there in Jengis, which is Genghis Khan. So uh, I don't know, but work on it. But yeah. He has three goals in his last two games. His goal last week was an incredible left-footed curler. This one, he has a great assist and a, and a dopio. Granted, it's against Benevento, the worst team of the season. But, you know, the question on this one uh, uh, is Roma, who turned down, you know, paying $45 million for Mahrez and have been plagued by playing on people out of position at right wing. Does Roma have a white right winger now? You know... This is the kind of game that, although it's against Benevento, you see some attributes of, of Under that really stand out. And that is how he took his first goal. Uh, that touch, the, the finish was just so daft. I mean, it's such a beautiful finish. Uh, ball coming in hot, bouncing up and down. And, you know, he was composed enough to be able to slot that. And then the second goal, just a classic, you know, uh, goal from a player who has confidence. I mean, you're... You're so young. You haven't really shown that much the whole season, but everybody knows that Undid was, you know, highly touted from the beginning of the season. I think he's starting to learn Italian a little bit more now, and it's really <laughs> helping his game uh, because this man just looks like a totally different player. It's gonna do a lot to your confidence to get man of the match in a Serie A game when you haven't really played that much. So uh, let's let's keep it going. Hopefully, pants. So yes, we found a right winger. We found for now. For yeah. now, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I still. You're think not gonna have to throw Defrel out there. He's quite. too young, you know. I have to see a little bit more consistency. That's that. This is Benevento, and I'm taking it with a grain of salt with uh, with Under. I thought it'd been perfect if we were still in Copa Italia. This is our guy. He's young. We need to grow him in a game like that. But to just say, Under, you've scored three goals in two games. Own it. That's a lot, man. That This kid is just new to Roma. I, I think you got to give him time to grow. DDR needs to pull him aside and tell him that, like, dude, when you score a goal, don't put out that weak, limp wrist salute. you got, you <laughs> got to come with the fury. But, yeah, you said it in the, in the game summary. Roma scores five in this one, guys, and it's it's basically from the people outside the Fazio header. It's from the people you want scoring. Under your your uh, uh, newly worked in uh, right uh, right wing, Jeco, who you always want to be in form and scoring goals, and the last one, guys, the surprise one, the PK taken by twenty million dollar man himself, <laughs> Gregor Defrel. Yep. No, we'll take it, man. Uh, Nangolin didn't play in this one, so there's another goal scorer. But happy to see Jekko on the score sheet. And Fazio, you're tall, man, knocking those headers. Well, the, the people are the, the, the team's coming out, giving all the optimistic things. They think they've turned a corner. Roma go to fourth on this one. Maybe we're going to see a little bit of change in the guard. But the most surprising thing to me, other than players playing well on the field, is that EDF is bending He's changed his tactics How about again. That? Yeah. For the the perpetual four three three man comes out with the four two three one. He comes out playing the summer signings. 
gets Under in there, gets Defrel in there, gets Sheik in there. Uh, three goals between these guys basically means that Roma is kind of averaging. You know, their their averages are coming out better now, and now they've only really paid about fifteen million dollars per goal per summer per summer signing. But uh, uh, in the same time, Breathy comes out and he says the team needs to keep their players and needs to be built around a, a, a core group of guys, which is kind of the opposite of what you know what what Monchi's philosophy has been here. So, what are you guys taking away from EDF now? It needs to happen. You can't just uh, keep the same formation and just keep banging your head against the wall. I will still say Nangle didn't play in this one. Got to use him better in the future. That's that's really my test for EDF and changing. Uh, I think my only issue with EDF here is he can change tactics all he wants. I just my he, he's made some interesting in-game management uh, decisions in terms of in terms of substitutions. I, I don't understand sometimes why. He takes out certain players uh, at the times that he does. Like even even Schick going in with like two minutes left of this game, taking out Undead when I mean it was clear as day that Jerson or uh, Strootman, you know maybe not Jerson because he's young, but Strootman could have come out, you know, like save his legs. He's got Champions League coming up. Just make some interesting substitutions all the time, and it's not just this game. So. Uh, you know, I, I think I appreciate the tactical change. It's about time. Uh, but, you know, I'd like to see some better in-game management decisions. But we got the Camp Monchi, which is Rome is a supermarket. And EDF coming out here basically saying, please don't make Rome a supermarket. Then today we all see that looks like a new Allison deal is done with somewhere between 90 and $110 million in a release clause. You know, where are you guys on this one? Love to see that, especially having interviewed the guy, and I think he's going to have an epic World Cup this summer. So I don't love seeing that because that says to me that they're about to sell him. Yeah. I saw that on Chiesa di Toti, that if they're prepping it for that type of uh, buyout, that they'll make their money. But I'm taking it as a positive. They want to build around Allison. Well, we're, oh, it's a positive either way. I'll, yeah. I'll take $100 million for uh, Allison. For a goalkeeper? Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Oh, yeah. You got it. Especially with... Old Trenchfoot sitting behind him. Skrupski, he's about to be my new favorite player. Yeah, and um, yeah, basically, $100 million price tag means you're just trying to do a bidding war between Real Madrid and PSG because they're the only two teams that can afford that. Yeah. Last thing I'll say about this guy, this one, guys, is Sanya makes his Benevento debut. So, Love this story. Hooray. Probably the signing of the midseason here with uh, Sanya. Love what I saw with that. Yeah, um, and it looks like they might look to sign Alex Song and Samir Nasri. So wouldn't it be crazy if those three guys went to Benevento, um, you know, made big league castoffs, uh, made, you know, massive team castoffs, go to Benevento and pull them out of relegation. So stay tuned. Would be cool. I, I did read up here with Sanya on why he chose Benevento. Apparently he had other offers and that he felt that he's already done the top tier and he wanted to play for an underdog. That is what Benevento is. Local, trying to fight for their Syria, staying up in the Syria, and that's what he got attracted to. So, man, I love seeing stories like that. That's so cool. So he's he's going to represent Williamsburg, Brooklyn on this one and, to, and, and play for the hipster team? I, yeah, I guess. I also just kind of think this quote means that, like, nobody else has really offered me a shot. I don't know, man. I, I mean, MLS would have given him something. I mean, at, I don't know. At some point, after you're in the top tiers and you're maybe not playing that much... Maybe you do want to go to a team and just it gets exciting. This would be very fun if he's the reason why they stay up in Syria. That would be a fun exercise. It's a girl. Hot take. He's, he's following a girl <laughs> a bit of Mento. All right. All right. So there's that game. We'll finish off with Inter and Bologna. This one finished 2-1. Inter need the young buck to save face against Team Meat Sauce. 
who go down nine men by the end of this game. Early goal from Adair, who scores a second goal in just in as many games, and Palacio ties it up, and when and then it falls to Caramo, who wins it with a slap. Marco, go ahead. Yeah, guys, Inter finally get the win. They're going toe-to-toe with Roma. They're trying their best to give us a heartache over here. Uh, unbelievable, you know, against Bologna. This was a crazy game. Bologna ends up the, the game with nine men. Uh, but it's all about the youngster, young Caramo. And Spalletti for playing him, um, we have to say. There was no Icardi this game. And Caramo comes on, young Caramo, the young Frenchman. And that's he just gets it done. At the end of the game, uh, second half scores a beautifully curled shot from outside the box. He's the absolute, he's the gem of the week for me today. Man of the match. And, you know, with all the young Olympians getting all the, all the press this week, uh, it's interesting that there's so many young players taking the spotlight in Serie A. Five things to know about uh, Jan Caramo that was on Gazeta dello Sport. Um, I'm trying to open the article. It's not working. So I'll tell you the two that I remembered. Um, <laughs> The one is the the mask celebration. We have another mask celebration, guys. New Nightwing. Yeah, and uh, it's it's from the mask on, mask off. It's from the rapper of the future. You know, no, mask on, uh, mask off. All right, so that's for his, uh, apparently that celebration is uh, a shout out to his brother. And the other one is that he uh, was the record uh, goal scorer and assist youngest player to get a goal and assist in France uh, last season. And the third thing is that uh, in FIFA 2018, when it came out, uh, one of his teammates on on Khan, that's where he played last year, uh, apparently they replaced his face with that player. uh, And so he was, you know, maybe that's got to tie into his his whole mask celebration. Well, so since uh, Monaco snatched Pellegri, the young Italian talent, out of France, uh, to France, I'm glad that Italy gets the young French talent. But with the mass celebration, man, getting his first Serie A goal against Bologna, he blew a golden opportunity for a great eat 'em up goals, goal uh, goal celebration. Should have done Did it. The fork, the twirl, the lady and the tramp. I don't know. So what does this do right now to the Serie A table? It just basically makes it even more interesting with OTFR and Roma. It's going to be a fight to the finish, guys. I, I mean, I really believe that. And uh, Inter, uh, you know, temporarily turning it around, but they still got a lot to worry about. I think, you know, Chris, you've been saying it all season that you know, they got keep an eye on Icardi. This guy, is he's got trigger finger, uh, both on social media and maybe on a, on, a, on a contract on his way out at the end of the season here. I'm still just wondering how Spalletti is feeling and, and how much of it falls on his feet in that, I mean, the parallels to last season with Roma and what he's going through up in Inter. Implosion, they can't get a win, they can't score goals. They were super hot in the beginning, now they're not. And uh, he can't get out of his own way because he keeps giving these soundbite conversations that end up getting him in trouble. I keep saying he's a good politician, but things do set find a way to, to come back and bite him. No, it's the, the media seems to know that they can pull on, tug on a string. Yeah. And the, and the blanket's going to unravel if they figure out which string it is. Yep. Team Meat Sauce guys looking awfully vegan these days. <laughs> uh, two red cards in this one at the end of the game that'll hurt them for the ones coming up. You know, they... They lost. They lost their three games against Napoli, Fiorentina, and Inter. 
this is a mid-table team. They're comfy, sitting, sitting pretty, uh, safe above the relegation zone. So, you know, as as the mayor of the basement of Bologna, train station, train station, uh, the the basement of the train station of yeah. Roma. Uh, you know, I'm just happy to see my squad in there every year. That's that's all I'm that's all I'm aiming for. <laughs> all right, that finishes off the top five teams. We'll take a quick break and finish off week twenty four. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. Up first after the break, we got Sampdoria and Hellas Verona. This one finished 2-0. Sampdoria can't break Hellas until the second half, but get the W with two goals. So the history of is of this matchup is on Sampdoria's side. They've never lost at home to Hellas. And wouldn't change in this one. Sampdoria getting close to Champions League spots with wins like this, guys. Second half goals, Barreto nets a header. He was unmarked from about seven yards out. And that gets followed up by Giggity, giggity, quags. Qualiorella puts a PK away on this one. The giggity goal scorer. Yep. Doing well. 17th of the season? Oh, man, you just beat me to it. Looking it up, man. Yep. Got to feel good for for that. Uh, He's in our age range, Tad. So uh, happy to see you can still be productive at our age. Yeah, ahead of uh, Drace Mertens, (laughs) Fatboy G, Nightwing, Ed and Jekko. And then you get guys like Iago Falke and Giovanni Simeone down there who... Under well, Viago Falke overachieving and Giovanni Simeone right where he is, but yeah, the third leading goal scorer. It's this year's Borriello. Let's let's take it to 30 year olds. <laughs> Il Mister Gianpaolo for Sampdoria said his club never felt pressure in this one. That's just kind of adding salt to the wound there. And then Sampdoria guys in the table, they are sitting pretty high up, guys. Sixth place, 41 points. That's only five behind fifth place OTFR. So they're making a run at Champions League. They're gonna be. They're only you know six points away from Roma. That that last spot for Champions League. I don't know. That's that's closer than I thought they'd be for sure. I think everyone, if they're honest, did not see them that close for a Champions League spot this season. Well, then right below them, you know, Milan thirty-eight and Atalanta thirty-seven. I mean, you know, the whole table's got some interesting stories going on. Yeah, competitive table. I like that. Big battles. You know, with Sampdoria in this one, too, as you can see, because they've been overachieving, is all their young talent is have all come out and said that the bigger clubs have shown interest in him. We got uh, uh, Strinic has said that, that, that Milan is interested. Prayet has said that Inter's interested in him. So these guys are going to have to stay focused on the team that they're actually playing on right now and not trying to live off a half season of glory. Other side of the ball, the only bright sign I found, Daniele Verde. He got in and did add a spark, but obviously nothing consequential with a 2-0 loss. Hellas Verona, guys, down there near the bottom. They are currently in 19th place, just 
11 points above poor, poor Benevento. So down there in the danger zone, I will say Mighty Crotone, only five points away for safety. But uh, five points, five points between Verona and Crotone is a lot bigger than five points separating other places on the table. I think you're right on that, Tad. So Hellas, love to see them come up this year, but uh, might be going straight, straight back down. We will see. Up next, we've got Atalanta and Crotone, Crouton Nation. 1-1, Crouton Nation making their claim as the best 17th place team in the universe. Yeah, I wrote that for you there, Crouton Nation, love to see it. I'm going to go ahead and and make that another just blazing hot take that I'm pretty sure they're the best 17th place team in the universe. Two goalie gaffes on the field were both... Teams basically had to play in canoes. This this field was basically <laughs> yeah. underwater. I um, saw I'm that. super surprised that they let this game go on. I think they probably were just going like, ah, Atalanta's playing its B team, and eh, it's we're in Crotone. And we're so. down in Crotone. We don't yeah. want to come back here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Too far south. <laughs> so uh, the reason why I say two goalie gaffes is Atalanta goalkeeper Barisha uh, misses marking a guy who passed it off to... Uh, uh, the goal scorer for Crotone, which I'll get into in a second, whiffs it, pulls a dive, actually get kicked in the stomach, gives up an easy one. And then Cordaz, the, uh, the, the Jared Leto from Fight Club looking guy, uh, <laughs> yeah. had it actually go off his chatsons and his yats. So instead of, instead of using the stick to try and keep the ball out of the net, um, he go ahead and, get, and the, uh, the meat and two bits gave himself an assist. But my big takeaways for this one, guys, is... Uh, Raise your hand if you've ever heard of Jose Luis Palomino or Rolando Mandragora. So, Those are the two goal scorers in this all right. game. All right. Jose Luis Palomino, who's has seen very limited playing time, and L- L- Rolando Mandragora has actually played a lot of full 90s for Crotone this year, but hey, it's Crotone, so we're not paying attention. The most interesting thing about these two guys combined is that Rolando... Looks exactly like what you'd expect a 20-year-old Rolando to look like. A 20-year-old kid with a mustache. Heck yeah. You got to love that he could sub in and play in the team photo of a 1980 college baseball team. <laughs> um, the race for 17th for Crotone continues. Uh, you, you like to say they're kind of tearing on it, but they're four points clear of the danger zone. That's, that's overachieving from last year. And this game, despite the horrific conditions, they forced Atalanta to come back. And take it late and, and score late to get that one point. Rolando. Rolando. You know what? I love I, that name. I never met a Rolando. I know t- one. Really? I know one, yes. Oh, Roland. And he actually, and he doesn't have a mustache. Dude, you, you, get, you get assigned a mustache like we're in, a, like we're in North Korea if your name is Rolando. <laughs> like, I mean, that, that, that's just, it just comes with the territory. I think that, like, Every time, if you don't have a mustache and somebody asks you your name and you say Ro- Rolando, a mustache just appears on the on your upper lip. <laughs> but the big story out of both these guys this week is Atalanta. They rested players. They rested Papu Gomez. They rested Caldara because they got their big moment in the sun. Overachieved in Europa League all so far. They got Dortmund. What are their chances, guys? That's a that's I mean they did well against Everton but Everton is terrible up in the EPL uh, in the in the group stage so Dortmund that's a serious challenge. Do you know do we know where it is? Where are we playing in Atalanta? We're if, playing in Dortmund. All right, so even just Ben don't break get that draw. They're gonna get it done. Heck mm. yeah, dude! They're gonna be riding high off by La Comel Papu, which goes 
platinum. Did you see that today? El Papu put out on Instagram that Baila Como El Papu has gone platinum. This ridiculous song we've been talking about since last spring is a platinum record. You get you get a platinum chain for that. I believe that's in that's in the uh, the rap bible. Yeah, pretty cool for that. So hoping Baila Como El Papu, Papu Gomez can continue to do big things later in the week when they take on Dortmund. All right, up next, we've got Milan and Spal. Milan, get four goals in this one. Under Gattuso. Marco? Okay, I see you, Rino. All right, taking it, enjoying what Gattuso is putting down. Go ahead. Unbelievable, guys. And yet another early goal and another young player getting it done this week. Patrick Cutrone. I think Curo Americas felt like Milan should be riding this guy's coattails all season long. You know, forget about young Olympians. I already said it before. This guy is the real deal. He's taking the Serie A by storm. And same with Gattuso. Guys, you know, articles all over the internet right now talking about Gattuso. Um, I know I found one that, you know, wasn't great, but... uh, Articles written all over the UK is 1,000 different... Got uh, the job done. Got the job done. And I I do seem to agree with the fact that, at least the headline, that, you know, is Gattuso a genius, guys? I mean, the things he's been doing with with Milan uh, over the last couple months have been pretty impressive. I think he's got to ride this bromance with Frank Kessie as far as he can. Kessie's been the beast on this one. Cutrone, nose for goal, man. But the two goals in this one... That was basically his his best Destro impersonation, straight poacher. They haven't lost in like kids since Atalanta in, in late December. I mean, yeah, a couple of ties in there may be a little bit disappointing, including the one to Udinese last week. But you know, the, now they're storming into a Europa League. I I, you know, I'm gonna ask the same question as I asked about the OTFR. If you're Milan. Are you throwing your chips in here on Europa League as your golden opportunity to save everything? It would be an incredible story if they do that. And frankly, for Milan, given how much debt we know that they're in, maybe it's not a bad strategy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I texted you over the weekend. I think that, yes, they have to go all in on the Europa League. They, You know, if coached correctly, they have a, a big, awesome squad um, with some pedigreed players, some studs. Uh, that have the capability of winning this thing. I mean, dude, if they come back and uh, and win champion, sorry, win the Europa League to make it into champions and get that money, I mean, dude, epic. Yeah, Kevin Costner will play Young Hung Lee in the movie. That's right. This is your Elon Musk moment, guys. Get that rocket up in the air, go to Mars, win the win Europa, win it. Yeah, let's end on that. That's beautiful. <laughs> Okay, up next, we've got Udinese and Torino. 2-0. The Bulls of Torino get the deal sealed by the rooster himself. Belotti back on the score sheet, guys. Biggest storyline here is Mazzari. He's the new coach. and It's only been four weeks since Torino's Bobby Knight in Mihalovic got replaced by the Alec Baldwin of Italy. Dustin Baldwin. Dustin Hoffman meets Alec Baldwin. Who's Mazzari? That is Mazzari, yep. So, uh, uh, well put there last week, Tad. Eight points from four games since he's been at the helm. Matsari got quoted saying he's happy. The club's happy. All is well at the moment. Before this one and a week before the Derby della Mole versus Juventus. Looking forward to that coming up this weekend. I bet Torino at this point wish they could take a mulligan on this season and just say, hey, can, this is how we meant to start. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. And, uh, boy, a statement win against Juve in the Derby would be great. 
Mazzari was actually not on the sidelines for this one due to his ban for the Sampdoria game in week 23. Fortunately, guys, we followed Serie A and the FIGC controls. The ban got reduced from two games to one, so he will, in fact, be there for the Derby. Uh, Italy and the ever-bending arc of justice. Always making it work, whatever we need for their teams. Hey, for this for this uh, derby, you know, they're going to need everything. Yep, including Mazzari, absolutely. Some other feel-good stuff for this one, guys, for the Bulls. Belotti, the rooster himself, scored goal number two in this one, putting him back on the short score sheet after what seemed like an eternity for about two months there. Did you did you just say that Belotti only has two goals on this season? Scored uh, goal number two in this one. I hope I didn't say oh, that. Oh, okay. I, yeah. no, I mean, it could be totally right. This is only his second goal because I don't ever remember him scoring another one. <laughs> it's it's fair point. It's a weird season it's been. It has been. Uh, that's right. This the former $100 million man. We can't remember his last goal. Very true. Finally, guys, for Torino, feel-good story. Little Lorenzo. We got a three-and-a-half-year-old boy. His video went viral up in Turin after he passionately belted out the starting lineup against Benevento. President Cairo got wind of it, invited the boy down for warm-ups, and he even revved up the crowd with a super strong three-and-a-half-year-old boy cry, Forza Torino Sempre. So see some positive vibes out of social media there. Definitely felt like kind of an Olympic story uh, on NBC that uh, warms the cockles of your heart type story. I like that stuff. So good to see that. Cute. But man, you got a low threshold for greatness. <laughs> From social media, yeah. I'll take whatever yeah, I, I can guess get. You're right. hey, man, that felt good. <laughs> yeah, felt good just listening to it. Absolutely. So Forza Lorenzo, Forza Torino. Well done. Well done for the club. Meanwhile, back at the ranch up north in Udinese, Il Mister Odo was furious with the referees in this one. He felt that the early Kevin Lasagna Barack combo goal that got disallowed by VAR. Another VAR story. That was a game-changer for them. So similar to the Juve story we were talking about before, an innocuous part of the play ending up negating the whole play, and so we don't get this goal. So the, the loser in that one, not happy about it. I think it. that's some like weird VAR semantics right there. They figure like if they benefit the striped black and white team in Juventus and they uh, discredit or harm the black and white striped team at Udinese, some, somehow those two things cancel out it's each other. Bizarro, bizarro world up in uh, Udinese, yeah. Um, I mean, the, VAR gets paid in Bitcoin, there man. There you so. guys are with your conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, again. that's right. We're buying into it. It's yep. a Serie A podcast, man. you got to throw a couple out there, lightheartedly out there. True to that, but uh, credit to Udinese Zodo. Seems to be writing the ship, just didn't come out right for him in this one. And I give him credit for that. He's not take, talking about complacency up there. Despite this result, he's fighting for Europe, and that is what I want to hear from these mid-table teams, guys. Just like Torino, they're fighting, and that's what I like from these two northern Italian teams. Finally, Tad, our favorite guy here in Kevin Lasagna. I thought you were going to glaze over it, and this is the biggest news to come out of, <laughs> come out of Syria this week. Fair point. <laughs> what happened? Kevin Lasagna is out indefinitely with a thigh strain. <sighs> Crushed. Crushed. So the cereal is going to be a little bit less delicious for the foreseeable future. Well said. We can't put it better than that. Lasagna, out in Italy. Not lasagna. lasagna. <laughs> Kevin Lasagna. <laughs> All right. There we go. Up next, we've got Genoa and Chievo. one nothing to OTF Genoa. The Garden State get back to league wins for the first time this season. I will say, still no Giuseppe Rossi. Still injured. <laughs> poor, poor New Jerseyan. Tag, go ahead. Well, 
OTF Genoa gets a one week reprieve from being the uh, the 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 dwarf team to Sampdoria because they get their back to back wins. So in my book this week they are the Garden State. <laughs> Riff Raff guys, and he's the one that's doing it for him. Diego Laxalt is the hero again. Another ninety plus game winner goal for them. He must be loving it. And all I gotta say, baby, it must be spring break in February in Genoa. On the other side of the ball. Um, I don't know if you guys seen this, but MTV has uh, launched a revamp of Cribs, uh, MTV Italia, uh, which is its own channel. Um, and they had an episode with Sorrentino where uh, they went through his house. And, and, you know, what I thought was pretty crazy about this is all his couches were covered in plastic. Um, during the episode, he had Meals on Wheels delivered to his house. Um, his coffee table had a candy dish with butterscotch and peppermint hard candies. And uh, the... The, actually, the big climax of the episode is he showed uh, uh, the audience a VHS of his grandson's high school graduation, uh, during which he fell asleep. <laughs> Kieva, we're begging you. Give us some content. Give mm-hmm. us some content. Yeah, I think the real <laughs> hero... It's about time for somebody to get Bobby Englished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the real hero of Genoa here... Yeah, riffraff past couple weeks, but Ballardini. What a job he's done. Good for him. Back-to-back wins. Good low for thresh- you. Good for you. threshold of greatness. Good for you, Ballardini. Cheers to that. All right, so that's what we got for that game. We got our final game of Week 24 in Sassuolo and Cagliari. This one finished in an epic 0-0 draw. Boy, we know how to pick on a high note here. Marco, what do you got? I'll tell you what, guys. Big stat that comes out of this game, uh, 23. Whoa, that was a great episode of uh, Curve America. (laughs) 23-29 in throw-ins on this one, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but what, what's going on here? I saw an article earlier this week about Bernard, uh, Berardi and the, his fall from grace. I think we've touched on it a couple times already this season. And, you know, we're just, we want you back. We want yeah. you back, Domenico. So, uh, next Domenica, hopefully you, you pick up, pick it up. Nice. As I step on your joke, the first one, you saved it. <laughs> All right. Not against Bologna though. So, Two, two weekends. Two weeks from now. That's, there you go. Against OTFR. Yes. The Berardi breakout game against OTFR. Cheers to that. Absolutely. All right. So that finishes off week 24, guys. Well done. We've got an exciting week 25 coming up. We've got probably the biggest game is Derby della Mole with Torino and Juventus. But we've also got uh, a barn burner in Crotone and Benevento. So a basement fight there. I'm looking forward to week 25. We'll be back next week. Guys, we want to wish you and all the loved ones out there a happy Valentine's Day. Happy to see the Catholic Church didn't cancel it tomorrow since it falls on Ash Wednesday. You guys doing anything cool tomorrow other than editing this podcast? <laughs> Driving to Savannah, Georgia, baby. You guys uh, won't hear me next weekend. We're going to have another fill-in of new Fabio or Sam Australia. I don't know who's picking up the slack, but I don't care. I'm right. pulling a Marco. I'm skipping out on the podcast to go to Savannah. It's the best. <laughs> All right. So, everyone, enjoy. Happy Valentine's Day. Until next week, ragazzi di Shamo. Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao, 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 ciao.